once you write it down, you make meaning out of your own life. That's what's huge. And then you provide stories to other people and make them feel less alone. (laughs) I mean, how incredible is that? This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. So, you want to write a memoir while you are in the right place. Whenever I am out and about and I tell people that I am a writer without fail, I get the following response. I have always wanted to write a book, or I have a friend who has an amazing life story and they should write a book. Where should we begin? (laughs) Well, if that's the case for you, or if you're in the midst of writing a memoir, you are in the right place. Today, I am going to share five different steps for memoir writing and creative nonfiction writing. And I'm going to debunk some traditional advice that you often hear and replace that with what actually works. This is what I have witnessed over my 15 years of teaching writing and coaching women writers. Let's get started. Number one, Most people talk about writing what you know, but I like to think of it as writing what you want to know. And here's what I mean. If you sit down and write what you know, you might write some factual based accounts of things that have happened, or you might just rant about areas of expertise that you have, but it doesn't make a compelling story. So it might be more like this happened, then this, then this, then this, but then it begs the so what question. So I like to think of it more like, what do you want to know? Whenever I'm coaching women writers and helping them get their memoirs published, I always ask them, what are the memories and moments that keep bothering you or nagging you or coming up again and again in your mind? And they might think about a time when they were, you know, 12 that they always think about or a recent interaction that they had. And they'll say something like, I have no idea why I keep thinking about this, but, (laughs) and then they go on from there. Our job as writers is to explore why that particular moment or memory is coming up again and again. And so this is where the meaning making comes in. For example, I wrote a memoir in 2017. It's called Of This Much, I'm Sure, and it's about our infertility journey. And I had no idea why this memory that I had of looking at a scar on my mom's abdomen when I was a kid stuck with me. And I didn't realize until I was writing that memoir that that intimate look at her C-section scar and looking at the jagged edges of it and what she must have gone through at a military hospital in Honolulu when she was 19 years old, 
I had no idea what that would mean or why it was sticking with me. But I kept it in my mind. And it wasn't until I was going through infertility treatments and procedures that felt really grueling and difficult that I started really having a deep empathy for the things that my mom had been through. And it started making me connect to her, less of daughter to mother, but as fellow mothers together. So this is what I mean about the meaning making. How can a memory create meaning? Well, you have to explore what you want to know about that memory, why it was important. So when we sit down to write memoir, we should sit down and write about the memories that make us wonder, that make us curious, that make us interested, that make us want to know more, okay? The next thing to think about is scratch the outline, You don't need an outline. And I know that probably editors and book coaches everywhere are gasping. (laughs) No outline. At the beginning, no. Write about the moments that are taking your attention in any order you want to write them in. You don't need to have them in any sort of chronological order. You don't need to know the structure. You don't need to know beginning through end. You just need to know what's taking your attention and go from there. There's a wonderful author called Mary Carol Moore, and she talks about really thinking about these scenes kind of as islands, and then over time, you're joining the islands together. And I like to think of it that way, too. You're just writing these little pieces that over time will eventually come together, but you don't need to have the whole big view just yet. All you need to know is that a particular time period takes your interest and you want to write about that or a particular subject matter from your life is taking interest. You want to write about that. You just need to have curiosity. So you don't need to have an outline. You just need to have an obsession of sorts, (laughs) an interest, a curiosity. So for example, my most recent collection of essays that I'm currently editing I was really sitting down at the beginning and just writing about what was interesting to me. And over time, what I did is that once I got to around 50 pages, I just read this compilation of what I had. And I started to look for patterns to see what the book wanted to become rather than what I wanted the book to become. (laughs) So that's the sort of step three here, which is that just write and compile scenes. And when you have, say, 40 or 50 pages, then look back and notice patterns. What words do you repeat? What characters keep on making an appearance? What places are repeated? What are the themes you keep writing about? That will help you know what the book wants to be. When I sat down to write my memoir of This Much, I'm Sure, I just wanted to write about my infertility experience. I actually wrote it as an essay first. I had no idea it would become a book. But then as I was writing it, 
I found myself also writing about relocating, how I relocated as a young adult from Chicago, where I was from, to Massachusetts, where my now husband is from. And it was wonderful and jarring at the same time because I didn't know anyone except for him. And so what does that have to do with infertility? Well, it's all about the unknown. It's all about feeling a bit lonely and adrift at times. And so I started making connections and realizing, okay, it was about infertility, but both relocating and going through infertility really made me do soul searching to find out who I was, what I wanted, what I would deal with, and what I wouldn't deal with in my quest to be with the people I love and create a family I love. And what was I willing to do and what was I willing not to do? You know, part of my book came to a point where I realized I could no longer subject myself to any more procedures or anything else. And I had to put my foot down. Just as I realized at a certain point that Massachusetts wasn't the right fit for us anymore. So as I was looking at infertility and relocation, I realized that they did have a similar theme in mind. And it was all about that both instances sometimes felt lonely, sometimes felt uncertain, and both of them caused me to soul search. So it did have a place in my memoir. So when you are looking at your pages, you start to realize what the book wants to be. And from there, you might start to create a bit more of a plan, a bit more of a structure. Though I say always hold your outline a bit loosely. While it's wonderful to have a plan at a certain point, you'll know it, you'll feel it like, okay, I can't just write scenes randomly anymore. I need to have a plan now. Know that every writer I've ever, ever worked with has deviated from their plan. <laughs> so they've written pages, they've compiled them, they've looked back and said, okay, I think the book is about this. And then I want it to go this way and they keep writing. And while they might stick to their plan a bit, there's always some new information or scenes that might pop up that are unexpected. Okay, so far we have writing what you want to know about. We also have writing things that take your attention and throw away the outline. And then three, compile pages and then look for patterns. Four, I want you to think about the murky middle of your memoir. This is usually where you feel like you have a decent amount of pages, but you feel really, really stuck. And you're just feeling like, I now can't even see the forest through the trees. Now I'm deep into this and it feels no longer exciting as it used to be. Now I'm feeling overwhelmed. This is where I come down to a phrase that I like to repeat and it's, what are the characters going to and going through? Here's what I mean by that. Going to is where are they going physically, and then going through is what are they going through emotionally. So every published memoir that has ever been a bestseller has both the external and the internal storylines. So the external, where are the characters physically going? 
take Wild by Cheryl Strayed, right? She goes on a hike for 90 days and she's going along the West Coast and she's going north. We know that she's headed to Oregon, okay? And then what is she going through? Well, she has just lost her mother to cancer. She has just divorced her husband. She feels lost and adrift, and she's gone through some self-destructive behavior. So she's going through grief and loss and trying to find out who she is and what kind of woman she wants to become. One storyline without the other would be flat. If we have all emotion and no physical scene, then it's 300 pages of I felt, I felt, I felt, I felt. (laughs) If we have all action, all place, then it becomes like an action movie where there's lots of plot and things happening, but your readers don't feel emotionally engaged at all. And your readers want to feel engaged. They don't just want to see things happen. That's why a lot of the kind of Bond style action movies or things like that might be riveting in terms of lots of things happening. But do you feel emotionally invested in the characters, though? Do scenes make you want to cry your eyes out? mostly not in action movies. Well, you don't want your reader to feel that way about your memoir. You want them to see it in their minds physically, but also feel it in their hearts emotionally. So the way to get through the murky middle is to think about, okay, let me remember Where are my characters going to? And am I still on course there? Have I reminded my reader of where we're headed, physical destination, or or what is the thing that my character is desiring that we're trying to get to? Most characters, all characters, want something. They desire something, and they're out to get it, whether it be a job a person they hope to be with, right? A dream they hope to fulfill, something that they want to attain or something they want to hold on to and not let go of. They're on a mission to deliver something to somebody, news or a family heirloom. There's always a journey of desire, either trying to get to something and facing obstacles along the way or having something and trying really hard not to lose it. So you want to think about that journey, but then you want to think about what is happening under the surface. What is going on internally? The character's deepest desires as well as their greatest fears What is at stake that is key to think about? What can they stand to lose and what have they sacrificed to get there? So let me give you an example. This is how you raise the stakes, okay? If a character desperately wants a job, it matters more to the reader if they have sacrificed everything in order to get that job. So they have gone to years and years of school. They have paid their way through school. They have moved cross country just to interview for and hopefully get this job. They have beat out the competition. They have stayed up day and night to figure out how to get that job. We want that job for them. The more the character wants it, the more we want it for them. 
However, if we just see the character wants the job, gets the job, no challenges, no stakes, nothing, then it falls flat. Or another way to raise stakes is to show who they want it for. So they desperately want this job because they're a single parent. They're raising five kids on their own. They want to send their kids to college. They want their kids to be the first in the family to go to college. We want it for them. So the more you show sacrifice and the more you show who or what they want it for, that's how you raise the stakes. Are you doing that along the way? This is how you get out of the murky middle is to remember what are my characters going to and going through and have I kept showing the stakes? Am I making my reader root for my characters or not? And then finally, getting to the end of a memoir. This is where you have to pull all the threads together. Imagine that it's like a braid where you have three, four, or more threads and you have woven them throughout the story. And now it's time at the very end, ladies, imagine a braid where then all of the threads of hair come together at the end of the ponytail and you you just see them all intertwined and they're all pulled together. This is what you want to do in your memoir writing. For example, in my memoir, it was I had an infertility thread. I had a relocation thread And then I had a soul-searching journey thread. And I wanted to make sure that those three threads were present throughout the entire memoir. And then how do they all come together at the end? Well, the key thing to make something come together is have you kept track of it throughout? And do you show final scenes that showcase how things have evolved how the character has changed in each of these areas. So in my memoir, I ended the memoir at my son's first birthday to show, despite all of our challenges, finally, great triumph. We had our sweet boy and we're celebrating his birthday, right? Okay, that's that thread. And then to tie in the relocation thread, I show at that birthday party all of the people along the way who had supported us, friends and family who were either present there or joined us at the birthday on FaceTime, and they were all there together on that day. Then in terms of soul searching and where I'd come to, here's how I also showed it in that final scene. Throughout my entire book, I kept talking about wishing. I was always wishing for something, wishing for something, wishing for a baby, wishing for something to be different, wishing not to be in this really hard infertility struggle. And the crazy thing is that at our son's first birthday, I packed all the decorations, the cupcakes, the candles, all everything. And it was at the zoo. And so we went to the zoo, we set everything up, the cupcakes, the tablecloths, the decorations, and I couldn't find the candle anywhere. But in the end, I realized it was completely symbolic because I wasn't wishing for anything anymore. I had everything I could ever desire right in front of me. My partner, my son, surrounded by love of friends and family, and 
that was the key. This is what I'm talking about. Can you have a scene where you pull all of the threads together so that your reader feels satisfied knowing that, okay, I know what happens with this one journey. I know what happens with the other journey. And most importantly, I know how the narrator has evolved over time. So those are the five basic steps of writing memoir. Of course, it's more than that, (laughs) which is why people hire coaches and take courses. But I would say these are really good steps to follow as a turning back to again and again. This is a great place to start. And if you ever need support, you want to join other memoirists, other writers. If you ever want guidance, you know where to find me. But I hope that you will take on the journey of writing your life story or writing about moments in your life that matter because it's truly, truly impactful. Once you write it down, you make meaning out of your own life. That's what's huge. And then you provide stories to other people and make them feel less alone. (laughs) I mean, how incredible is that? At first, we're writing for ourselves, and then we put it out in the world, and then it's there for other people. And when we hear them talk about how impactful that book was to them, how it made them feel less alone, I will tell you, it's all worth it. It is all worth it. So many of the women that I've coached that have published their memoirs, they write to me, they say, I know you told me it was going to happen and how good it was going to feel, but I just got another message today from someone who read my book and they were emailing me and saying how meaningful it was and how much it touched them. And I just can't believe it. This is like the greatest gift in the world. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. I know. (laughs) So that's what writing a memoir can do. And then for you yourself, you look back at these moments and you sit there and, and kind of connect all the dots and you go, oh, that's what led to that, which led to that. This is how I've grown as a person. My goodness, I've really expanded. Wow. It's a moment of great pride to look at your life and make sense of it on the page. And it creates a lot of healing along the way. So I hope you'll take a journey to write your memoir or your personal essays. You will be so fulfilled in the end. Okay, if you want to know any more about any of my classes, like Publish the Personal, where I teach people how to write personal essay and get them published, or any of my coaching or retreats, you can find me at NadineKennyJohnstone.com. If you like this episode, if you feel like it's helpful, if you want to give your friend a nudge to write their memoir, just take a screenshot, send this to them, post it somewhere, tag them, share the love. This is how you give great support to this podcast, but this is how you support your friends too, by giving them a little elbow nudge, like, hey, time to write that book. (laughs) That's your challenge. Send this to someone who needs to write a book today. 
Michelle Rado, another wonderful supporter of writers, has her own podcast called Daring to Tell, and she's my producer on this show. You should check her out as well. Thank you, Michelle, for producing this episode and all the episodes. And remember, everyone, every heart has a story, and every story has a heart. See you next week.